continuing in our series, The Walk, uh, this weekend with our message taken from Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 6 to 14. A little differently today, instead of reading the passage to you, uh, we're going to have our worship pastor by video, Nate Green, uh, sing the passage to you today. So check this out. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon all the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found. And all that is good and right and true. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them for shameful, even to speak of things they do. exposed by the light it becomes visible and anything that is visible is light so wake O sleeper arise from the dead Christ will shine on you awake O sleeper arise from the dead and Christ will shine When our son, our middle son, Ryan, was a little boy, uh, he got up one night to go to the bathroom, and as he walked down his little short hallway in the dark, he didn't see a vacuum cleaner on the floor. And so he tripped, and he fell, and he chipped one of his permanent front teeth on that vacuum cleaner. And we had to get him to the dentist in order to get a veneer over that tooth. And it's just been a reminder to me of how important just a little light can be when you're walking in the dark. Listen, the reason some of us, figuratively speaking, have been stumping our toes and falling down and hurting ourselves is because we've been seeking to walk in the hallways of our lives in the dark and that's unnecessary because that's really not God's plan for us in fact he sent Jesus to this planet and Jesus told us why he came I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly now this doesn't mean a problem free life 
but it means a life that is probably more full and more meaningful than you're currently experiencing. Now, in order for this to happen, for us to flourish in life, then we need to be walking in God's light. But the honest truth is, some of us have not been walking in light. And maybe you're ashamed about that. Ashamed of what you've done. Ashamed of where you've been. You know, it's even shameful to speak of some of the things that you have done in secret. Now, if you're exploring Christianity or if you're kind of checking out the church to see if you want to be involved with a group of people like us, uh, whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching online, we want to say, welcome. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, the people of CVC have been giving their time and their talent and treasure for many years just to create an environment for you to be able to explore what might it mean for you to come out of the dark and into the light. But you need to know something else about us. We're just a bunch of big messes here. Right? Can we all say amen to that? All right, that's good. You know, we're not pretending that we got all of this thing figured out. We're, we struggle, okay? We don't live up to our own standards of behavior, much less to God's standards of behavior. And what that means is everybody in this room has got some darkness, is living in some darkness. So let's just go ahead and admit that. We all live in the dark. And I know the stories of some of you in this room. Right now, some of you are thinking about your dark past. And you're thinking to yourself, hey man, you just don't know how dark my past has really been. I've had an abortion. Or I used to get high a lot, and sometimes I still do. I got out of control as a mom or a dad, and I actually slapped my child. I've committed adultery. I've gotten wasted over and over and over. I've stolen from my boss. I'm addicted to porn. I've been addicted to heroin. I've called my spouse names that I dare not ever repeat. So, so my life is so dark, I've just been living in despair. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm hopeless. I'm kind of pessimistic about life. It seems like I'm going to just get stuck in this darkness forever. People tell me, hey, you know what? You need to look at the bright side of life, but I just can't bring myself to do that. Anybody here identify with any of that? But there is hope. In our passage today, and they just sang about it, there's a promise. Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. So, so I have to step back and go, okay, okay, if it says Christ will shine on me, what does it take for me to have Christ to shine on me? And, and, and the answer in the passage is very simple. I need to walk as a child of light. So open your Bibles with me today to Ephesians chapter 3. Fire up your apps to Ephesians 3, or excuse me, Ephesians 5. We're in a series here called The Walk, and we're going through a section of this letter that was written to a group of Christians in the ancient city of Ephesus. 
Last week, we talked about what it means to walk in love. Next week, we're going to talk about what it means to walk in wisdom. Today, we're focused on what it means to walk in light. Ephesians 5, verse 8 says, At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So what does it mean to walk in the light? It means I'm focused. It means I'm free. It means I'm fervent. I'm focused on pleasing God. I am free from shameful secrets. And I am fervent about waking up. So... Before we dive into the text, I want us to do just a little self-assessment here. So I've got three statements on the screen, and I want you to give yourself a score on a scale of 1 to 10. You can't give yourself a 10, okay? That's reserved for Jesus, all right? So you got to go somewhere below 10. So here's the first statement. Many times throughout the day, I ask the Lord, are you well pleased? Operative phrase here, many times. I ask the Lord, are you well pleased? So give yourself a score, 1 to 10, or maybe 1 to 9. Second one, everyone could look anywhere at my life because I seek to be free from shameful secrets. Again, give yourself a score, 1 to 10. And finally, I'm wide awake, always alert, operative phrase, and very busy about my father's business. question where'd you score highest on this little three statement self-assessment and then where'd you score lowest and what does that say about your ability to actually walk in light and experience the life the abundant life that jesus wants you to experience today we're going to look at those three steps that we got to take in order to walk in the light walk in the light step one pleasing the Lord rather than pleasing yourself. I'm pleasing the Lord more than I want to please myself. When our boys were growing up, we often said uh, a statement. If you displease God, it doesn't matter who you please. If you please God, it doesn't matter who you displease. Again, in verse 8, at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. How do I do that? Verse 9, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So we got to learn to ask, would this please you, Lord? Would this thing that I'm going to do, this relationship that I'm having, this place that I'm going, is this going to please you, Lord? And the idea here is that we've got the capacity to actually discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Because we have the Holy Spirit who lives inside us. Because every decision that you make isn't covered in the Scripture. And the idea is, before I go here, before I build this relationship, before I do this thing, I'm going to ask God, is this pleasing to you, Lord? And, and the, the, the sad thing is, we can all go through long stretches of every day without asking ourselves, would this really please you, God? 
Because we can really be forgetful of God. You know, life group that I'm in on Wednesday mornings at 6 o'clock, we pray. We'd love to have you come, by the way. Um, We're reading through a book called Respectable Sins. Now, there are no respectable sins, but these are sins that we kind of try to make seem more respectable because these aren't really the bad sins. And in this book written by Jerry Bridges, he's got a paragraph. I just want to read to you. Many of us who are believers tend to live our daily lives with little or no thought of God. We may even read our Bibles and pray for a few minutes at the beginning of each day. But then we go into the day's activities and basically live as though God doesn't exist. We seldom think of our dependence on God and of our responsibility to Him. We might go for hours with no thought of God at all, and in that sense we're hardly different from our nice, decent, but unbelieving neighbor. God is not at all in His thoughts, and is seldom in ours. We can go for a long time, day after day, and not ask the question, God, are you well pleased? In this verse, I see four hard questions that we got to learn to ask ourselves. If you look again at verse 9, it says, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. So I'm getting ready to make a decision. Going out for a night on the town with the boys, the girls. What kind of questions could we ask ourselves? Is this person, is this decision, is this activity leading me to what's good? What's right? What's true? What's light? I mean, that even rhymes. Is it good? Is it right? Is it true? Is it light? Because these are the kinds of questions we ask ourselves to find out, does this really please the Lord, yes or no? And if I'm living my life not trying to please the Lord, then I'm walking in the darkness. And you know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to trip, I'm going to fall, and I'm going to hurt myself. It's nutty not to ask yourself, is this pleasing to the Lord? It's like stupid to do that, to not ask the Lord. Is this pleasing to you? Because I'm just hurting myself. Jesus came to give us abundant life. He's not holding out on you. He's trying to give something to you. So why wouldn't we want to live a life that pleases God? The Lord wants us to please Him because He knows it's in pleasing Him that we're going to flourish. Pleasing Him is the way to abundant life. And that's the way you're going to feel His light. You're going to feel energized. You're going to feel warm. You're going to feel encouraged. Walking in His light gives us life. So again, look at that screen. That that question or that statement. Many times throughout the day, I ask the Lord, are you well pleased? I don't know what grade you gave yourself on that one. But here's the question I want to ask. What is one change you could make? What's one rhythm you could develop? What's one practice you could engage in to help you make sure that many times throughout the day you're asking the Lord, are you well pleased? I don't know, maybe a three by five card that just says, God, are you well pleased with me right now? And then you create a bunch of those and you post them everywhere you go. (laughs) On your dashboard, on the mirror in your bathroom, on your computer screen. 
walking in the light, pleasing the Lord rather than pleasing yourself. Second, living out in the open rather than keeping secrets. Our lives need to be open, not secret. Verse 11 says, Take no part, no part, zero part, in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. So the idea here is he's saying, he's like, you've got to live your life like there's nothing to hide. I'm not secretive. There are no cockroaches in my cupboard. Because you know what? What you see is what you get. Now, some of us may think, you know, my behaviors are secret. Nobody's ever going to know. What they don't know won't hurt them. However, to think that way is just to ignore certain passages in the Bible. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 12, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. And again, in Luke 12, he says, Whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms will be proclaimed from the housetops. And then in Hebrews chapter 4, we read this, No creature, that means me and you, is hidden from his sight. But all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. I just in case you didn't know, you ain't getting away with it. These are sobering truths, but you know what? These truths can also be liberating and encouraging and motivating and life-giving if we'll let them. If we'll walk in the light and live our life with no secrets. I mean, some of us, it's like, I don't want you to know what I just ate. Or I don't want you to know what I just drunk. Or I don't know, I want you to know what I just shot up with. Or I don't want you to know what I just bought. I don't want you to know what I'm thinking. I don't want you to know what I said. I don't want you to know where I went. I don't want you to know what I just looked at. I don't want you to know what I've done. I don't want you to know what I didn't do. We all have secrets, don't we? I, mean, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed it. I think it's true. One of Pastor Chad's favorite passages in all the Bible is Proverbs 28.1. <laughs> The wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I love that. When you're living with shameful secrets because you're in the dark, then you're running when nobody's even chasing you. But if you're living in the light and you don't really have any secrets, then you can walk with a head held high and a bounce in your step. See, if you're living with secrets, you're living in the dark, 
And you know what? You're stumbling around and you're going to trip and you're going to fall and you're going to hurt yourself. Again, God's not holding out on you when He says, come out and live in the open. He's saying, look, I don't want you to hurt yourself and I don't want you to hurt the people around you. The Lord wants to illuminate secrets and He wants us to live in the open because He knows that's the way you will flourish. Having no secrets, that's the way to an abundant life. You're going to feel my light. You're going to be energized. You're going to be warm. You're going to be encouraged because walking in my light, God says, will give you life. But if you're trying to hide, you got all these secrets you're keeping away from the people that love you the most, <laughs> you're walking down a path of death and destruction. So again, we're going to throw up that second statement on the screen. Everyone could look anywhere at my life because I seek to be free from shameful secrets. That's what it means to walk in the light. I don't know what grade you gave yourself, but here's the question. What's one practice, one relationship, one new thing, one change you can make in order to help you raise your score from a 5 to a 7 right here? Walking in the light, pleasing the Lord rather than pleasing yourself, living out in the open rather than keeping secrets, and waking up rather than hitting snooze. Waking up, not hitting snooze. Look at verse 14. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. A lot of Bible scholars feel like uh, it's in quotes, and so it's like, what's going on here? Because you can't really find a one-to-one -one verse in the Old Testament. There's a lot of verses in the Old Testament talk about light and darkness, but this particular passage, some scholars believe, was a chorus that the early church sang. And that's why I'm glad Nate put this to music. This could have been a chorus that people sang back in the day, 2,000 years ago. Wake up, O oh sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now, if you're a parent of a middle schooler or a high schooler or a young adult, you know how important a wake-up call can be. Because <laughs> if your kid is sleeping till late morning or early afternoon, you are probably totally frustrated. And you just like want to shake them. Wake up! Get busy! Clean up your room! Or at least just shut the drawers in your chest. Help out around the house. Cut the grass. Do some laundry. Clean some closets. Because, dude, I'm tired of you being up till 2 and 3 in the morning. You can't just eat our food and use our water and our electricity and just play video games and look at Instagram and TikTok. Stop it! Get up and make some contributions around here. Amen. <laughs> I told you there's some frustrated parents in the room. 
All right, before you say amen, you might want to think about saying, oh me, because our heavenly Father is saying the same thing to us about our spiritual lives. We're supposed to be busy about the Father's business. Let me read to you a section from Romans 13. Besides this, you know the time, the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of what? Light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and in jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is light, by the way, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Listen, if you're hitting snooze, then you're living in the dark and you're stumbling around, and you're going to trip, and you're going to fall, and you're going to hurt yourself, and you're going to hurt others around you. And the Lord knows if you will wake up and get busy about the Father's business, that that's the way you're going to flourish. That's the way to abundant life. You're going to feel energized and warmed and encouraged because walking in the light gives us life. So again, that third statement, what grades you give yourself? It says, I'm wide awake, always alert, and very busy about my father's business. What's one change you could make? What's one thing you could do? What's one relationship you could begin that will help you take some steps forward in this area? Now, before we close, I want to remind you of what we've been calling the essential gospel. No one is always alert and busy about the Father's business all the time. And no one is totally free from shameful secrets. And no one always pleases the Lord. Nobody in this room. We're all at various points of darkness. And many of us have some light, and we've got some dark. See, we all sin. Only one person ever walked in the light perfectly because he is the light, and that's Jesus. He always pleased his Father. He always had nothing to hide. And he always could say, I'm busy doing my Father's business. So he came to live the life we could never live, and he died the death that we should have died. He paid the penalty that we should have paid. And when he died, I want you to think about this, he died in darkness. Not darkness he deserved, but darkness we deserved. He died in darkness spiritually. He died in darkness physically. Think about it. Three hours from noon until three while Jesus hung on the cross, darkness fell on the earth as he paid for our darkness. But three days later, he rose from the grave. And now he 
who is the light, offers us light and life. And what he says is like, you can be forgiven for all of your displeasing the Lord, for all of your shameful secrets, for all of the inability and unwillingness to do the Father's business. You can be forgiven. And you can get new life in Christ because you're getting light from Christ. So we can keep coming to Christ with all of our darkness, all of our secrets, all of our sleeping, and Christ will shine on you. That's the way this passage ends. Christ will, not Christ might, but if you'll come to Him, Christ will shine on you. And you're going to get more life than you ever dreamed possible. That's good news. That's the essential gospel. That's our light and that's our life. You know, this past week, God gave me kind of a poetic way to describe His work to turn our darkness into His light. Because if you think about it, the entire Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation is really all about darkness coming to light. So, so listen, listen to these words and, and look at the screens. Earth is void. Word employed. Let there be light. All was good as once they stood living in the light but creation abused when rebels choose darkness over light death had come no songs were sung where oh where is light darkness frowns despair abounds all earth longs for light. The darkness preferred and wrath deserved. Yet grace has promised light. The world was worn when hope was born. Dawning is the light. The sun was given. And earth tastes heaven. Shines forth the gift of light. Love displayed. And then payment made. Turning dark to light. Empty tomb. No more doom. Death defeated by light. So repent. Believe. Pardon achieved. We now have become light. Work to be done, for justice to come. Bring the world His light. Sorrows, rejoice, and wait for His voice, yearning for His light. No more shame, no more pain. Lord, let there be Your light. And finally, tears no more. And Lamb, Adored. Thank you, Lord, for light. The whole Bible is about Christ. And where there is Christ, there is light. And where there is light, there is 
life. And I want that for me. And I want that for my family. And, and I want that for you. But more importantly, the Lord wants that for you. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You get to experience that, that amazing promise in Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up the light of His countenance on you and give you peace. This is the future that God holds out for every one of us in this room. He's inviting us to new light through Christ and new life in Christ. And you might be thinking, man, man, you don't know my past. I'm an immoral, impure, covetous, filthy, foolish, coarse-talking, secret-seeking sinner. And there's no hope for me. And I just want to say, this, this promise and this invitation, precisely for you. Christ will shine on you. You, you, you might be asleep in the dark, and you, you can't wake yourself, and you can't create light out of your darkness, but God can do it. And so your prayer is, oh Christ, would you please just shine on me? I know I don't deserve it, because of all of I've done, and all where I've been, all the ingratitude I've shown to you and to the people around me that love me. Please shine on me. Right now, the Holy Spirit might be speaking to somebody's heart in this room. And He's saying, if you will come to me, my light will shine on you. So there's a prayer on the screen. It's, it's pretty simple. Dear Lord God, I've been walking in darkness. And because of all my sin, I deserve your wrath. Yet you have invited me into your light. You sent Jesus to die in darkness in my place for my sins. He arose and he is the light of the world. Please forgive me and make me a child of light. And help me to live in light for Jesus' sake. I just wonder, some, some of you, your heart's beating a little faster right now because you're going, man, that prayer is something for me. I need that. Just pray it. Just say, for me, Lord, that's for me. And if you're feeling that way, if you'd like to talk to somebody, or if you've prayed this prayer, then text the word LIGHT to 440-276-5575. Text the word LIGHT. Do it if you're online. And we're not the kind of church that's going to be intrusive. All we want to do is to help you take your next step into light. As we wrap up the message, I want us to revisit that assessment that we started with. Many times throughout the day, I ask the Lord, are you well pleased? Everyone can look anywhere at my life because I seek to be free from shameful secrets, and I'm wide awake, always alert, and very busy about my father's business. Here's what I want you to do today. It's like, just pick one of those. 
Just pick one. Which one do you need to pick that would make the biggest difference in your life over the next 30 days? And then, as I said before, I want you to think about a giant step that you could take away from darkness and into the light. What's one change you could make? What's one relationship you could begin? What's one practice you could start? What's one experience you could have in that one area that would help you take a giant step from darkness to light? And then would you commit to do that for the next 30 days? For some of us, it's just like, read your Bible. You know, because the Bible is kind of like a, a light box. Some people get seasonal affective disorder. You know what that is? Here in Northeast Ohio, <laughs> the nights are long, the days are short, and it's pretty cloudy. And some people get depressed physiologically because they're not in the light. It was great. I was driving today. I'm going, thank you, Lord, for the light that we got. We got more light coming. And reading the Word of God is like God's sunshine. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I don't know what change you're supposed to make, but make a change. Now, if you're here today and you're wanting some special prayer, I mean, if it wasn't for COVID, we'd just say, hey, come down front and we'll pray for you. But because of COVID, we're just going to ask you, to just stand where you are. If you feel like, man, my life is dark. I'm feeling defeated. I'm feeling despair. I'm feeling depression. Then we're just going to ask you to stand up during the first verse of this song. Just stand up. And then I'm going to take some time to pray just for you, especially for you, those of you that are standing. And then we'll all stand together and finish out the song. So if you're here today and you're going, man, I need more light in my life. I just want you to stand. Jesus said, if you're ashamed to confess me before men, I'll be ashamed to confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you will confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. So maybe just the simple act of standing is one way that you can step more and more into the light of Christ. So our team's going to sing. If you want special prayer for yourself, or maybe for somebody you love, then just stand.
Oh God, we praise you that you are a God of hope. We praise you that you are the God of light. And yes, Lord, we've got people standing all across this room because the world is filled with distress and despair, darkness and death, but you're the blazing center of light and life. Because of who you are, you are able to fill everybody who comes to you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. Lord, these are some people that need more hope. Grant it to them, Lord. Defeat the work of the enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy light and life from us. Lord, we don't deserve your light in our lives, but you graciously offer us hope. And you sent your son Jesus, the light of the world, to step into our darkness. And he lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we should have died. He rose again to give us light and life. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that are standing here that you would give them more of your light. They are standing here awake and arisen. And I pray, Christ, you would shine on them in ways you've never shined on them before. They're standing as a sign of repenting and believing the gospel, helping to walk as children of your light, helping to be living proof of all that pleases you, God. May they take no part in the worthless, worthless deeds of darkness. Save them from shameful things done in secret. Don't let them sleep. Don't let any of us sleep. Let these precious souls find your joy in their sorrow, your grace in their sin, your riches in their poverty, your glory in their valleys, your hope in their despair, your life in their discouragement. And yes, Lord, let them find your light in their darkness. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Let's all stand and let's sing to the Lord of light.